Monday morning, and you know what that means. It means it's time for another dip into Kill Your Gods podcast. I, as always, am your host, Jesse Dram, comedian, mediocre. <laughs> um, yeah, th- thank you guys for joining me. We have a very special, every episode is a little special, but I, I like ones where I have to do a lot of research. It's it's fun dunking on art and whatnot and books and movies and TV shows and self-portraits made with, you know, urine and dung. But it, I really like digging into culture at large. And I had an idea. I forgot what I was reading. It was something that gave me an idea because I don't... I have a whole god list of topics that I want to cover on this podcast one day eventually. I never had this one on there, but something gave me an idea like, I should do one... On uh, undocumented immigrants and illegal immigrants and, you know, really get into some of the... Because I feel like my particular... every Everybody has their right-wing family or friends. And they come in different stripes. Some of them are your libertarian, I don't want to pay taxes and the road will fix itself camp. And other people are in the, you know, they're eating babies and lizard Satan devil gay people. And then some of them... I feel like uh, the people I know tend to be very anti-immigrant, and it always struck me as odd, because these were people who, you know, going back that far, we're immigrants, really not that far back, and we weren't taken to very kindly when we got here. We were the filthy Irish that were going to come here and not obey the Constitution, obey the Pope in their Catholic popery, and they're fighting in the streets and they punch their wives and they have dozens of children that they can't take care of and they're on the public dole and you go by the Home Depot and they say there, Oi, I can fix up, I can mow your lawn for you. And you say, hop on in, Patty O'Reilly. I blacked out for a second there. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Long story short, I want to do an episode on undocumented illegal immigrants. And I understand illegal immigrants is no longer the preferred nomenclature. I am I have my finger to the wind. I know what's going on. But that's not who I'm looking to reach with this. I want the people who are on the fucking other side, who will only say illegal immigrants. I want them to actually have their accusations answered. Like, oh, you think they take all the money, all all the services. You think they don't pay any of the taxes. You think they just waddle, just like every other fucking politician. Everyone's doing all the, everybody's getting a handout except for me. And have an actual immigrant just answer, be like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not that. So I got my good friend, Che Guerrero, who is fucking hilarious. Let me get all my plugs for him out here. He, hey, if you've ever been interested in learning how to do stand-up comedy, this is the guy to ask. This is the guy to teach. You can go look him up right now. Look up Che Guerrero Comedy. You'll see him. He's been on BET, been on all sorts of shows, uh, local and national, worked at MTV for a time. If you really want to see him in person, you can go to Punchline Philly, April 22nd and 22nd to 24th, where he will be opening up, uh, featuring. Again, that's Punchline Philly. Check that out. Uh, His big thing right now is he's getting pretty big on TikTok at, uh, just to show he's very on brand here, my undocumented ass. At my undocumented ass. So check that out. Listen in with our good buddy Che here. 
I will give a little bit of a trigger warning here. Uh, che at some point mentioned some racial slurs, which he did say out loud. Obviously, you know, diff very different coming from him than it is coming from me. They did not come from me. I don't do that shit. Uh, just, a, just a heads up for our more... Just, just a, I don't want to ruin anybody's day, okay? I want you to come and spend an hour and change with me. Leave it going. I had a good time, and I had learned something. Gee, that Jesse Dram is funny. I'm going to write my local comedy club and say, I will bomb this fucking place if you do not give him a spot. <coughs> Where am I? Okay. <laughs> uh, again, thanks for checking out all the time, guys. Like, share, subscribe, follow me at Jesse Dram on all the things. Send me an email at jessedram at gmail.com. Again, here we are. Illegal immigrants with the great Che Guerrero. See you guys next week. One final thing. I am putting up the videos for these podcasts now, and we're actually making use of it. So go check us out at Mr. Jessico on YouTube, and uh, you can watch us there and, and, and see my just-woke-up face. All right. And here we are once again on the Kill Your Gods podcast. Our topic this week is illegal immigration, undocumented immigrants, and joining me today is a very good friend of mine. He'll tell you how that pertains to him, but he is a super funny comedian. Uh, look him up on TikTok. We'll get all the stuff there. Che Guerrero, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. Yeah. So before we do anything, where can we find you? What's your tags? All that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly right now just rocking the, the TikTok. So if you want to find me there, it's uh, my undocumented ass. It's all about the undocumented experience and my journey in, in that realm. And also, uh, I'm very proud to say I'm a stand-up instructor for the very first all-digital stand-up school. It is off my comedy school. Uh, I teach a class every Friday, 8, 10 p.m. And uh, starts one starts March 12th. So if you go to offmycomedyschool.com, you can find out more about me and my classes there. Yeah, if there's anybody to learn from, it's fucking Che. Che has always, Che has been the envy of everyone in the goddamn scene ever since we first saw him. Oh, I love, I honestly love teaching. I take pride in this also. The, the two women who started this uh, first digital comedy school, actually two of my former students, they, the first time I ever do a stand-up was with me and they, they became a big part of the scene. And then when it shut down, they started this, so I like to. I like to. Oh, I take yeah. pride in inspiring people. I really do. They rolled with it. They definitely did. You also did. What's your What's your TV credits? Just so I'm asking now, so I can say it in the intro. But whatever, because I know um, you did like you did like a BET or something, right? Yeah, I did uh, Fifty Central on BET. I've been on Laughs on Fox, uh, Gotham Comedy Live on Access TV, and for a brief time, uh, I was a creative consultant for MTV I I came in and pitched like hundreds of ideas for TV shows and uh mm -hmm. I, I would like to say I would probably say maybe one or two almost made it to the the actual screen and I almost got a full job but but that was pretty cool for a while to be able to pitch ideas to MTV I, I remember you got that job I was very I I think I was uh, petitioning you personally to bring back TRL <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> only reruns though yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't run with that idea, but <laughs> I pitched it. I pitched it. So, so uh, yeah, Barry in the lead, he kind of put it out there. I am having you on today because you are undocumented. And uh, by the way, apologize to everyone in advance. We're going to be interloping back and forth between undocumented and legal immigrant. 
before anybody writes me hate mail i mean for one thing i actually miss hate mail so if you want to just write it anyway but if anyone sends a hate mail i am well aware of you know no human is illegal we should go with undocumented but i'm trying to argue with the people who are putting that shit out there and these people use the term illegal immigrant mm -hmm. so i want them to be able to find this and like oh good some illegal immigrant and leave thinking oh yeah i'm a little dumber i think mm -hmm. so That's, what and i appreciate your um breakdown of those two differences especially in language of people like to use it you know because uh it's hard to get around the word illegal it's very hard yeah because people use the word illegal and then automatically use it as a way to strip somebody of their humanity mm -hmm. and it's, it's very cold so so we prefer the word undocumented and right i i even i i can understand a little well they're breaking the law and then that is illegal like yeah but you have to understand how words work it's like when the whole art right shit now like oh well he when we call media the enemy of the people like no you know what that fucking means psychologically that's why you're using that language that's why they called the jews vermin like oh, whatever we're just calling them rats no you want people to look at them as something that can be exterminated so that they do not fucking mind when you do yeah that's that's exactly what, and you know it's it's so hard when there is such a label on you that people just go to right away without even debating you you know without even listening to the fact that um i came here quote unquote legally you know i had a visa you know uh my mother came here uh our main reason for coming here was to escape abuse from my father in the dominican republic a man who was uh a professional politically connected like this is an individual that if she went to the law she would have been murdered so we came here and then because we overstayed our visa, we automatically fell into these legal, like, you know, uh, void where we had no other option but to remain undocumented until we could fix fix our situation. So that's the 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 coldness of it is that they say come here legally. I'm like, well, I did, but then you had no option for me to continue my legality. Right, and that's well, they should you know they should have to go. I'm going to be doing this dickhead voice a lot of the course, show. Of course. Now that I know that I'll lean well, then they should have to go figure it out at home. Like, but then again, the practicality of like, yeah, but going back to an abusive situation, which, and also taking money out of your pocket. As a matter of fact, that's even a problem with like legal immigration. If I remember, like there are, I'm basing this all on one fucking vaguely remembered professional wrestler from Switzerland, where it was like some sort of shit where like he had to go back to Switzerland to like fill out a fucking form when yeah. he'd already been living here for six years, like that kind of bullshit. Yeah. And it's, it is, it is uh, that kind of frustrating thing. And here's the thing, like, I also like, uh, when, when people say I'm undocumented, like for myself, like I currently have a status that is about to expire. And then there is no way for me to move forward. So then I'm going to be undocumented again. And this is actually the last three years has been the first time in my life where I've had status this long. This has been the longest period in my life where I'm like actually at ease, but that's about to end in another three. Mm -hmm. So that's right. where I'm at. So uh, how old were you when your mother brought you here? I was six years old. I was, uh, mm. you know, living in DR and she just couldn't take it anymore. In the middle of the night, she concocted this plan just to get us out. So at six years mm -hmm. old, that's when I was branded, you know, undocumented the first time. Right. And have you been in America since then? Since I have not left America, like maybe when I got my status, 
a few years ago once I went to Canada, but even I freaked out about that and it came right back. Mm. I wasn't gone very long because I was like, you know, that was fine and that was great, but I don't I don't do it often because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to to be back in. Mm-hmm. So so that right there is one of the sociological things that really annoy me when people like, you know, well, he, he wasn't born here. Like, yeah, but if you were here when you were six and this is all you've fucking known, like this is this is your culture. This is your fucking home. Yeah. I've been living in this shitball apartment <laughs> for a year and it's my home, you know? And that's the thing, too. That like, I think Americans take it way too personal. I personally am on the side of I think immigration laws globally are fucked. You know, because that's the thing that I get a lot of time where people were like, well, why don't you go back home and fix the immigration laws in your country? I'm like, immigration laws in my country are horrible, too. We hate Haitians. I'm Dominican. Mm-hmm. We, we mistreat them. We, we don't let them come into our country. You know, we, we brand them illegal. You know, there's it's it's a global issue. It's um, I heard a great term uh, called global apartheid. Have you ever heard that? I have not heard the term global apartheid, but I think I can actually you know skew out what you mean there. But go ahead. Tell us what yeah. you mean. You know, uh, rich white nations have created an immigration system where rich white nations allow uh, each other to travel freely. European mm-hmm. Union, Americans can travel to Europe, Australia, New Zealand, but all people of color of the world have this archaic draconian style laws where you can only be a certain amount of years and you can do X, Y, Z. So it's literally a system to keep brown people where they're at and white people have free movement around the world. So when white people in America are like, well, that's our laws. I'm like, actually, it's 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 a global problem. It's a yeah. global problem. Yeah. The, again, just that nonsense. Like uh, it comes into like, oh, well, if you don't like America, then you should just leave. Like, yeah, where the same fucking problem will exist somewhere else. Like there's nothing particularly you you have to get very like nitpicky to get to like really like only specific to this area, to the laws of this country yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, how many, uh, how uh, mm, have you tried to, uh, what, what, what's been, have you tried to become a citizen? What is maybe even just tell me, cause I, uh, I have a presumption. I don't know. What does the process of legal immigration actually look like? Cause I'm sure you have an idea. It's, it's, it's really, really weird because if you fall out of status, like, you know, our brand legal, then the only way to like really fix it is to get married. Like they make it, that's the only way you, you have having an American citizen love you and, and, mm. and crown you, i.e. citizen is the only way you're worthy of anything, right? Have, have you considered that America is just trying to make an honest man out of you? I think so, right? <laughs> you're probably the bachelor while you're undocumented and, and out with these hoes. Um, <laughs> So, so I did that. I got married, right? Here's how sneaky it is, right? So that's actually how I got status, like the, right? But they, they tell you this. They go, if you get married, uh, within three years, you can become a citizen. But if the marriage doesn't last, you can't apply for six. Well, lo God. and behold, my marriage didn't last. Like sometimes marriages just don't last. Mm. So then because I got divorced before the three-year period, then I had to wait six, right? So here's the kicker. Here's why. I don't mind saying this. Here's why I ultimately cannot become a U.S. citizen. You ready? Ready. So when I was nine, 18 years old mm. was one of the times where like I had status for a little bit, I had a work permit, and then I fell out of status. And at that time, I was already like a nursing assistant, which is what I'm doing now during the global pandemic. So I had my credentials to be a nursing assistant, but I no longer had status. 
Mm. But I wanted to work. I mean, I went to school for this. You know, I, I needed to work. I was 19. I was in the streets of New York City by myself. I was living alone at this point. I have no parents, no money, no connection to anybody. So when I went for a job, I, uh, I found somebody to get me not a fake social, but a social that was my number. I have a social number. I have a social security. But he took off the part that said, like, only valid with a work permit, you know, like mm-hmm. that little thing, right? So it's my number. It's never, the government gave me a number, mm-hmm. right? But here, here, here's where it goes. But when I got a job at 19 and I applied for it, it asked me, are you a U.S. citizen, right? They always ask you that in all job applications. Right. And you don't have to think about it. You just click yes. Now, I clicked yes, knowing I was lying, but I know that they don't look further when you say you're a citizen. So basically, Mm -hmm. I lied about being a citizen when I wasn't, okay? And in 1996, Bill Clinton, that motherfucker, passed a law saying that if for any reason you lied about being a U.S. citizen when you're not, for any gains, like financial gain, insurance, whatever, you are automatically disqualified from U.S. citizenship, okay? Clinton. Now, that shouldn't be a problem, right? Mm. Because I used to be a pathological liar. <laughs> so as a pathological liar, and that's the thing too that a lot of people realize, and this is something I have to explain to people. When you are undocument- undocumented, you have to lie to people all the time about, you know, maybe you, you, you make up where you were born, you make up where, you know, where your parents are from, whatever, you know, you, just to fool people so they won't be on your trail. So lying becomes so easy that you kind of, it becomes a real survival mechanism. You have to lie all the time and remember your lies in order not to get deported. Mm-hmm. So growing up my whole life, I had a real problem with the truth, right? But mm-hmm. a few years ago, I met my partner, Amy, and she's really helped me get a lot of this poison, this venom out of my, my soul. So I try to live my life now by the truth and by like ethics and by holding myself accountable to my actions. So. Uh, the pandemic hits, right? Mm-hmm. I am a, I'm a working comedian. The world shuts down. I see that nursing homes are being very badly hit. And I decide to actually go back to that profession. Nobody asked me to. I wanted to go back to help. To the so, most dangerous profession at that time. At that time. Besides, did you, did you jump in like immediately when this shit started? As soon as I saw that nursing homes were getting hit, I was raised by my grandmother. And I worked in nursing homes and I know the abuse that these people suffer in good times. And I knew that if this was a bad situation, that there was going to be a lot of abuse. So for some reason, I felt compelled to, to renew my license and to get back in there, which I did. That's great, man. Their nursing homes are the fucking saddest. Sad. I, I, I had a job for a little bit where, uh, my whole, the whole thing was basically, it was an agency where, uh, I was helping, I was basically supervising disabled people at their places of employment. Like it's going to take them longer to get the gist of it. And one of them was a dishwasher at an old folks home. And I remember just walking back from the bathroom one day and this woman just like asking if I would sit with her for a minute and just talking about how, you know, is it going to rain tonight? I'm afraid of the thunder. Nobody talks to me anymore. And I immediately called up my mother and just said, you're living with me. You are dying in my house. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. Oh, that's such a good heart that you have, because honestly, these people have been, it's been a prison that, that they did nothing wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and now they're forced, because mind you, now during the pandemic, they can't leave their rooms at all. Mm-hmm. So they can't leave their rooms to see their friends, their family, they can't walk down the hallways for physical therapy. So it's, 
24 hours in a cell. And I really pride myself in, I am a comedian, but I'm also like, I, I, I call myself a humorist because I like to find humor every day, even if I'm not on stage. So from the second I started working, I, every time I go into the patient's room, I'm, I'm comedian Che. What's up? How are you guys feeling today? You <laughs> oh, you're that nurse. I'm, I'm that nurse, but in there. How laughing. we doing, Mr. How Mitchell? Doing? Yo, Mr. Mitchell, ain't the pudding. Yo, I make people laugh <laughs> and I take real pride in that and going back to the story. So, so, you know, so like I'm back working as, as a nursing assistant, I'm helping during the pandemic. And I decide to, that I think I'm finally at the position to apply for citizenship, right? Mm -hmm. I think like, okay, I'm at the end of the line now, you know, I've done all my work, I've been undocumented, but now everything's great. So I speak to a lawyer, check this out. This was back in September. I already been working, you know, in the pandemic since April, feeling proud of myself. I'm doing my part, you know, I'm helping my country. This is a national emergency, let's do this. I apply and uh, this lawyer, asked me the question that I knew I was going to be asked, but for some reason, for the first time ever, I didn't know how I was going to answer it. Mm. She asked me, she goes, uh, have you ever lied about being a U.S. citizen when you weren't in order to gain, to have a financial gain? That bastard Clinton. And I knew the answer should have been no. I knew my answer should have been no, but uh, have, you ever, have you ever watched the movie Flight? Denzel Washington? Yeah. Yeah, if, I, I, I've seen a bit. I've seen a bit. If, if you haven't seen the whole movie, here's the synopsis. And I love mm. this movie because it's perfect to where I was in, in my life at that point. He is a pilot, alcoholic, cocaine, worst of the worst. But he 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 lands a plane upside down and saves 190 people or something like that. Mm -hmm. High on cocaine, drunk, right? But uh, the FDA, uh, FAA or whatever, does an investigation and they find out that beer was on the plane when there wasn't supposed to be. So what happened was another woman died and Denzel Washington is a liar, right? He's a liar. But through the movie, he's kind of changing. And finally, at the end, he's in, he's in Congress and his lawyer goes, yo, all you have to do is say that the, the alcohol belonged to the dead woman, mm -hmm. right? And if you do that, you're Not off free. the hook. Just got mm -hmm. free. Just blame the dead woman. But he's already gone through so much that on that point, he literally breaks down and goes, I can't tell one more lie. I just can't do it. That was my alcohol. And he goes to jail and, you know, and he has to live with that. And at that point, when that lawyer asked me, did you lie about being a U.S. citizen? I just felt like I had done so much work on myself to stop lying, to stop taking the easy way out that I don't know why I just confessed. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I did. And she was like, oh, so even the status you have now by you admitting this, you shouldn't have that status because that means you lied last time. And I was like, I did. So now I'm in this deep rabbit hole where all I want to do is just speak the truth. And it hurts even more because the lie that I told is the same thing that I'm doing now to help out during a global crisis. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, I lied about being a citizen just to work. And now I'm, I'm at one of the essential workers, but you won't even see me essential enough to call me a citizen. So that's where right. um, it's like, listen, we understand you're being a hero right now and helping out this country, your adopted country in this most important time. But a hillbilly finger fucker fornicator 20 years ago said tough shit, tough shit. Yeah. And that's where um, I mean, you hear stories about undocumented veterans who get deported, people who have served their country. There, there's a, actually, if you look this up, 
there's a giant community of almost 20,000 uh, Mexican-Americans who are in Mexico right now deported after serving their country. If they're, if they're, uh, you know what's funny? I think a lot of the reason I like discussing shit like this is, uh, you remember, I, I discussed my father a lot on stage and the fact that he passed, but he was not the perfect guy. He had a lot of racial shit. He had a lot of dumb hangups, uh, a lot of dumb war shit. I remember he was working at Boeing at the time, and he literally said, I voted for George W. Bush because Republicans mean war, which means I continue to make money. And if there is anything, if he was alive right now, I'd fucking argue with him. It would be fucking race 100% of the time. And hey, you know what? I'll say it. Fuck the military. I don't mean that literally, but that oh, that propaganda is so fucking thick and nobody gets fucked over harder than veterans. Fuck Ooh. the military as an institution because they fuck over the, the people. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about the uniform if that's what you do to the body inside of it, you know? Your dad, your dad worked for Boeing. Well, he did before he died, and he wasn't doing anything. Uh, he was making like war helicopters, but he was literally like, he he proudly, again showing my white trash roots, proudly said a trained chimp could do my job. It's just wow. like tightening bolts and shit. Wow, good good job though, pension, all that stuff. Uh, it's a it, good life insurance, I can tell you that. It got me through <laughs> a few years. <laughs> How long ago did he pass? Uh, Two thousand nine. Oh, you think he would have voted for Trump? Ooh. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? All his fucking brothers and sisters did. So probably. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear something fucking funny? Sorry. No, dude. You want to hear something fucking funny? So I don't see my dad's family too often. Just get they're, they're They're fucking Irish people. They're stereotypical Irish. We don't want to talk about anything bad. Let's just, you know, ignore it. Uh, I go to Thanksgiving. The, la the last COVID Thanksgiving you could go to. And a political argument breaks out, but it has to remain civil because on the Republican side are my two cop uncles who are total, like literally there's a Trump cutout in the room, like a life-size cutout in the room. And on the Democrat side arguing is me and my 90-year-old great fucking Aunt Mary. Oh the, my God. So they would curse me the fuck out. You can't get <laughs> Aunt Mary upset. Oh, dude. <laughs> Oh, I love the old Democrat in the family. The oh best. yeah, which and I'm I'm sure she well she was actually doing it like well you know we were immigrants from Ireland like well, that's we came here legally like yeah the laws were different then we were the fucking law, yeah. we were uh, I, I've been trying to pull off a joke lately on how we really should uh, take the anti-immigrant se sentiment in this country and like can we just take it back to Irish and Italians peoples because Irish and Italian people are. Particularly that whole Columbus bullshit that happened in South Philly with the Italians trying to stick up for Columbus, acting like they've... Italians and Irish people have been white for six fucking months. <laughs> the fact that they're going to try... Uh, yeah, re funny. real Americans like me and Mario and Mickey over here. Shit, dude. I'm a big fan now of like actually like uh, immigration law history. You know, like so mm. I'm reading a, a great book called The Garden Gate. And it's about how uh, immigration in America stop, stopped moving away from, um, you know, how many people are here to what kind of people are here. Mm. That whole eugenics movement, you've heard about that. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that when that came to be in the, you know, late 1900s, early 20th century, um, that became like 
the the code like oh we can't let people from italy we can't let people in from you know eastern europe because they're dirty and then it just developed into like modern day oh mexicans are dirty latin americans oh, yeah. are dirty. there there, so, there is a there, there's an alt-right writer that uh i i've been very honest on this that i had like two or three years in my very early 20s where i was kind of in that and then the race thing when that first started it was very much like conservatism without the evangelical religious bullshit mm-hmm. and then as soon as the race came in i was like i don't i don't think i want this no oh. the one writer i remember uh stating that uh the world is divided into sun people and ice people the white people and the east asians are the ice people and we have similar temperaments and that's why we get along but those no good sun people they're just you know half naked because it's hot and they're they're violent and they dance well like all wow. sorts of weird well i put in the dancing thing no i love i not that i love that but I, that's very <laughs> interesting because the book that i was reading about was that whole like idea that white people come from colder climates so that's why they're, you know, they all get along. That was a whole scientific ideology. Yeah, we didn't get along. Every, anytime somebody saw somebody they weren't related to, they just fucking stabbed away. I keep, it sucks that it is something of like human nature. I've tried talking to my girl about this. There's like a weird little abandoned, like almost nature chunk of the city near our house. And when I'm walking back there and I've had this my whole life as like a dude, if you're walking in a completely abandoned place and you see another dude, you have a brief second of like, Oh, we might have to fight each other to death. Yeah. 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 Like Just in case. And I think actually in the middle East, there was like an ancient, ancient middle East. There was something where like, there was like apocryphal stories of like men meeting in the desert and having to talk for hours, trying to find somebody in common because their culture dictated, like, you know, you would have to fight somehow. Oh, we should do that. We should be, like, I, I like this idea of just like us, like trying to talk, like, that's why whenever I talk about like my undocumented experience, like I try to make it as personal as possible. Mm-hmm. Cause then when people literally start to like, just when I tell them, like a personal stories and it's still like, yeah, well you should have started done legally. Then I just know that there's no breaking through this person because if they can't see my humanity when I'm like in front of them, then we are going to fight. <laughs> then yep. We are going to fight. You know, the, the study they've done on that, they had a thing where they would have uh, young women go into like people's doors, just, you know, like knocking around and trying to gauge their opinion on abortion. And when they had somebody like on a scale of one to 10, how much are you against abortion? They would say like fucking 10. And yeah. they'd be like, okay, I understand. Just so you know, I personally had an abortion. Here's my story. And literally every single fucking time their against abortion thing dropped. Yeah. Just because yeah. it's 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 easy to be in a vacuum and say something about people you haven't met or don't know, which uh, wasn't there. Uh, there must have been a movement at some point. If you're reading the history, I'm realizing only now I should have done a little bit more research for this. But uh, knowing the history, you know what? I I hate to say this. I think I'm confusing immigrants with gay people. And I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, now, what, what, what I mean, I got confused in my head. I know there was a movement. There was a a big push in the gay movement in like the late seventies, early eighties to be like, come out to your loved ones. It will probably be horrible, but right now they're hating an invisible monster. They do not see, they do not see that we are human because we are hiding this from them. Mm. There is, there is something about like, you know, it's funny. There is something about the more I'm out there talking about my status and, and the difficulties of it that I find 
more people are popping up like on TikTok alone and being like, oh, I do this now. And I talk about my undocumented status. And there is this new movement of like, the louder we are, the harder it'll be to remove us. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, we're not going to get sympathy from people on the look as look at us as humans. So we've learned that. So we actually have to take this freedom for ourselves. I mean, that's the scary, you know, it's a scary thing that James Baldwin said it best. He goes, you know, any white man in this world can yell, give me liberty or give me death and everybody cheers. But if I say, give me liberty or give me death as a brown man, everybody's like, kill that nigga. You know, just like it's- I I, I, I think Patrice O'Neill summarized that where he flat out said, black and brown people should be fucking terrorists in America. And we're not, because we're good people. But after the shit you guys have done to us. Yeah, Nothing, nothing was a bigger spit in my face uh, out of, first of all, the insurrection was horrible as somebody who's like trying to be part of this country, but also the, that one of the insurrectionists, uh, she wanted to go on vacation to Mexico. Oh yeah. And the judge fucking allowed it. Like, he well, allowed it. Yes. He was like, so, well, I mean, she, she paid for the tickets. Like it's COVID. You're not supposed to travel fucking anywhere. Yeah. It's travel. And she robbed stuff from Nancy Pelosi's office. Mind you, like my, you know, I have members of my family who, have had people died back home that they can't see because if they flew, they can never come back, you know? So it's just kind of like, it's that, it's that, again, it's that sort of, mm-hmm. my thing about Republicanism, and by the way, I hate the word Trumpism mm-hmm. because once again, Trump did the classic Trump thing where he just came in to an already existing brand and just slapped his name on it. Oh, Trump, I honestly, I don't believe he even believes the shit. He doesn't. Here's the thing about Trumpism or or the new Republicanism. It's not about believing. It's about the fact that you could be smug, that you could be smug. Remember, remember that that that, that video that went viral of the Native American guy uh, in Washington D.C. Oh, and and the kid, yeah. And the kid gave him like a smug look, like okay, keep banging your little fucking drum. That smirk is America. Mm-hmm. That smirk is America going like, okay, yeah, we're hearing you little fucking undocumented people. Mm -hmm. Okay, even though we destroyed your country and you uh, have been fucking slaves to us. Yeah, okay, we're going to feel bad that you're here. Okay, like it's that smugness. It's not that they don't don't believe this shit. They don't give a fuck. It's about keeping the culture to their favor, keeping the country to their favor, and knowing that they can fucking straight up lie to your face and they still have their power. It's mm-hmm. smug. It's smug. It's the it's the Karen. I don't want to wear my fucking mask. It's it's that narcissism. Oh yeah, I I remember it actually came up when uh, at the beginning of COVID when people were like starting to push back, and there was that little. Uh, some people were like, "Don't you remember World War II? How we banded together and sacrificed?" And then people started putting up old articles like, "Actually, no. Like we had these assholes back then too." Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean I can't get a steak because I'm fucking because some kid is dying on a beach in Normandy and he, <laughs> yeah. he needed my steak. I want my fucking steak. There's always been idiots, which yeah. uh, I, 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 by the way, I have to derail a little bit. But uh, the only thing that kid with a Native American, you know, they actually did that kid kind of dirty. Oh, how? So longer videos of that shit came out. What I what happened is that these kids were just down there for a field trip and it was for an anti-abortion rally because, you know, not whatever. 
but uh, there were some black Israelites who were talking shit to the kids and they're just kids. So they were like, I don't know what to do about this because they weren't aware of black Israelites. And in the middle of all this, this fucking Native American guy just wanders in and starts like singing at them. So they like caught that kid in just like, just, I I understand the smug thing, but like, uh, this was the thing I said a lot about Donald Trump, which was, you know what? Fuck Donald Trump for making me defend the media because the media is manipulative bullshit Mm -hmm. it just doesn't mean that dickhead is right either you know yeah once once trump like left office i i saw how much more than ever how much the media on all sides are just trying to keep it going just trying to keep the story going so i'm just like these these anchors crying on cnn like he would have never fucking got here if you didn't follow him every single day every single day yeah and and i was afraid marjorie taylor green was going to be the new every day on on cnn but luckily she's kind of okay I, a little bit. I really think twitter taking him off has really like there are people who will still support him he is not in the zeitgeist the same way at all he's not there to fold the fire the only thing i'll give him credit for is he knows how to fucking whip people up with that bullshit yo he was yo no lie when uh because you know he does this thing of like the the power of positive thinking that's what he lives his life by uh and that the that, that's, of- what, that's what he said with the early covid thing he's like i don't want problems give me solutions exactly and, and that's why like well i was trying to be positive and that's why i didn't tell people there was a deadly virus that was going to kill them all they i, I had to tell them for their sake that it'll just go away when it wouldn't to me the most like like pivotal moment in that whole like speech he gave before the insurrection was like i was impressed at how good he was at making the crowd believe that they were actually important because he was like, there are Republicans in there who are strong, but there are those who are weak who need you to give them the strength they need. You are going to motivate them. And I was like, yo, he's so good at making people feel like, yo, I am important. Like, mm-hmm. like that, when I tried, like when I worked in insurance, like I was never good at selling insurance because I'd be like, hey, I got this auto insurance for one hundred and fifty dollars. And somebody would be like, I pay one hundred and forty. I'd be like, man, you got the better fucking deal. Bye. And I just <laughs> hang up. <laughs> Dude, I could never do sales for the same fucking thing. But not Trump. Trump will be like fifty dollars. Let me tell you what we have that they don't have. They don't have me. I am gonna be your personal insurance guy. Like I can't sell. You're shit. gonna have the satisfaction of Donnie T in your pocket, and I will give you this special insurance card. It's gold. It's gold insurance, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you, I've never been good, that good at selling myself. That's the thing about like, re- like these these Republicans or these like people who are like like you you mentioned like online who are just like after immigration it's not about like their point it's just about how determined they are to stick to their their guns no matter what yeah it's it it sucks because like it's something you want to say people will grow out of but a lot of people don't grow out of nothing like that's it like i i mentioned you know again that i got into the alt right thing and i i honestly got into that through a similar of the kind of trump thing i got really into ayn rand who was like novelist pseudo philosopher but it was like the 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 basically justifying greed as as a good thing yeah 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 yeah. and and the government will take your stuff yeah and not only that but it was real like get yourself up by your bootstraps kind of bullshit which honestly as a fucking 19 year old kid who like neither of his parents went to college and you know my dad ran in biker gangs and shit and everyone's an alcoholic i needed to hear that bullshit at the time so thankfully i was able to use it and then 
drop it when I didn't need it and smarten up a little bit. I didn't smarten up until I moved to the fucking city. Not everyone moves to the city. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't leave that, uh, that, that close knit man that, you know, one of the things too, that I, I kind of really am thankful about, you know, living in this country and being undocumented for so long is that like, while I do have loyalty to this country, there isn't this sort of like native, like tribalism to it. So I'm able to see it with a lot, like, I guess, more sober eyes, mm. you know, while some people just want to sell themselves the idea, like America's the greatest, we defeated the Nazis. I got my guns. All brown people are dangerous. Like, and honestly, like, I also see the numbers. Like, back in 1980, this country was, like, 89% white. Now it's 73%. I'm like, that's a big jump in, like, 30 years. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know what they, they don't really highlight is the fucking crime was, the crime rates were worse then. Yeah. The whiter country was so much more fucking violent. It's only gone down since. It, yeah. And it's it's just, it's something that they're, you know, and I'm also like, I can't believe like by 2040, Latinx people are going to be 53% of this country. That isn't just a number. That's, that's media power. That's banking power. Mm. You know, that's power that like my aunt right now, like, you know, I told you I was, I'm, I'm at a place right now where I might buy a home. The only reason why I'm going to buy a home is because I have an aunt who worked her ass off in Florida and opened up her own bank. Shit. And she's giving me a 2.5% from her own banks, 2.5%. <laughs> from so that's so she's creating wealth for me. Justin, this is this is the new generation that the the establishment right now doesn't want to see come into fruition. Mm. Yeah, well uh, that's the main thing that uh so one of the we'll we'll get into some of the stereotypes that a lot of the sides throw around. But one of the things that I have read in a lot of these anti-immigration circles is, oh, why do the Democrats want to let in all these illegals and, you know, give them an easier path to citizenship? Because they know they'll vote Democrat. They're bringing in a, a, a voter more inclined toward them, which is kind of bullshit considering Republicans like, well, yeah, but there's also black people and ex-cons here and all sorts of people. And you, they've been here the whole time and you do your best to make sure their vote does not get count at all. But yeah. I mean, there is something to say that if you do give citizenship to 11 million people right now, most of them might not want to vote for the party that's been keeping the citizenship away or has been really well. I mean, but the, the vote- sad thing is, a good portion of them still do vote for that party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cubans and Venezuelans, Cubans and Venezuelans has have such a uh, traumatizing experience with socialism in their mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. or you know, communism and the in the dictatorial the you know, dictatorship form that, it, that it emerged that just Trump really was good at selling them the idea of these guys are socialist and they'll ruin this country the way they did yours. So there was something to that fear that he was able to drive on. Yeah, but, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's sad that socialism has just been put in fact by, uh, well, you know, socialism hasn't been that bad. I feel like it's the equation with communism that fucked everything up. I personally am anti-fucking communist. I think 
it's that it's the same thing with capitalism like oh well we've never had a pure communism like yeah you know what that also means it means it doesn't work outside of fucking theory you know mm -hmm. and, and not to mention it's built right into communism like well to make that transition we're going to need a strong man who will enforce that but surely as a good believer of the party he'll give up that pat people don't give up fucking yeah. power yeah. but socialism by and large where it's really been implemented without that authoritarian element democratic socialism like we see in uh northern europe has been fucking great they're happier than everybody and yeah. healthier i forgot where i read this but when russia tried to do like the soviet union you know the communist mm -hmm. uh, nation the problem was that, like logistically like a government can't run what communist thinks a government could run like a government can't say we're going to make x amount of shoes and we're going to make x amount of cars that's too big and there's two logistical jams you know like i believe in an open market letting people decide but to have a market where like the rich just keep gobbling it up mm. that's not fair you know that's why people turn to the social say hey listen there has to be some kind of like levers that you can pull where if it gets to you, somebody can't have $80 billion and then somebody have two. Like it just cannot, it cannot work that way. Yeah, but, yeah. but the unfeathered, like I can make as much as I want and just keep it for myself. That's ridiculous. And the fact that anybody feel like they can't be stopped is it's, it's no, it's, it's, it's Kings. We have, we have Kings now. Right. They don't, they don't, they don't have monarchs. They're Kings. See, that's the argument I've tried fucking throwing at people a lot of the uh, right wing, like particularly with like family and shit where uh, it's like, oh, well, these fucking, you know, these so-and-sos, they just have a bunch of kids and they don't care about them. And, you know, they suck on the government teat and like, okay, well then you have to make sure those kids, so it's not their fault, are taken care of, which involves taxes, which by the way, the other thing you're really worried about is crime. So uh, you should probably make sure they're not fucking destitute and poor. Otherwise, what else do you think they're going to do? It's yeah. the two things you don't like are the only thing that fix the fucking situation. But God forbid, that was one of the arguments I had with the uncles, where they were talking about like money comes out of my check. So undocumented Americans, well, wouldn't say that, like yeah. uh, undocumented people can go to college. Isn't it enough that I can't pay for my kids' college? Like, Motherfucker, your son's too dumb for college. <laughs> And on top of that, I looked into it. The actual numbers were, it was like 17 cents out of every paycheck went to this. Yeah. This is, this is what they're complaining about. All right. Uh, before we get too far from yeah. it, you mentioned the history of immigration. One of the 4chan idiots I'm going to bring up in a minute mentioned there was some like major reform in the 60s. Do you know the specifics of that? From If, if he's talking about what I'm talking, what I'm thinking of is the same thing as the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. where before that, um, before civil rights movements, uh, visas were given out on a quota basis where it was uh, X amount of people who already live in the country, like we would give to that country. So like if there was some like, like 2 million British living here, mm. we would give half a, you know, a 1 million visas to British people. There were only like 20,000 Dominicans, we only give. So it was a way to already keep the numbers low, but it favored European nations more because they had been here longer historically. Right. And that goes back to, I believe it was like, there, there have been periods, there have been fits and starts where the gates just kind of opened up real quick. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I know uh, Civil War era, that's when a lot of the Irish first started coming over. Yeah. The Irish and I think the Italians were a little later, they were like the early 1900s bubble. Yeah. And then I think during the bulk of like the depression into the 50s, it was like a pretty, pretty limiting 
and then something changed in the 60s which yeah, uh, that was it was a, oh, the civil rights movement okay uh, thanks to mlk the immigration floodgates uh reopened up so there was no longer quotas we could just mm. we just accept applications and process them uh accordingly so that way that's actually how it actually uh brought in the like that way brought in the largest amount of like latinx immigration and things like that like mm. a lot of people started coming up here from mexico but then you know little by little they started you know closing up the borders making it more difficult actually every every maybe decade or so uh since the 60s the congress has passed reforms to bring in a large group of people under the citizenship umbrella my generation is actually the longest generation that has been in existence without some sort of congress intervention for us Mm. that's why some of us have been dealing with the status situation for over 30 years on average so uh, assuming assuming you had just stayed in the dominican republic and applied to become a citizen do you know what that process actually looks like like i know i've i've heard that legal immigration is next to fucking impossible there's some kind of lottery system for some countries i mean in dr i only and by the way this is like because my dad was so upset at the fact that we left the Dominican Republic because he made it a point that if it wasn't for his political like you know friendships and stuff like that we would have probably never gotten a visa so to to know how long that would have taken I don't know but that's another way where I'm like uh I know I come from a rough situation but I'm still very lucky than most because I got to fly here and not come over here and I got a boat or mm-hmm. having to walk and you know my father had like his connections which is why I got the visa Mm-hmm. So you mentioned right there, if we want to talk about uh, misconceptions, the fucking wall. Let's talk about the goddamn wall. It doesn't, it, don't most, you, you said you flew here. I feel yeah. like most people fly here. They, they get here. There's a million and one ways to get here. And very few of them involve hoofing it. Yeah. I mean, most people like, like have a situation that I have where like they'll get a visa in their country. Or, they came, they came here legally yeah, and then it just kind of expires and kind of expires. And you just like, I can't go home. Like I can't go back. I, you know, I, there's no opportunities for me there. Or maybe some people got their education here and they're like, well, I can't go back. And this education is not going to get me very far there. You know, there's, there's multitude mm-hmm. of reasons as to why, like, what, you, know, you, you use yeah. a very good term right there. It's not like this education will do me any good there. One of the bullshit I've read from a lot of people against it were like, well, if they're, you know, well, they're refugees, we need to let them leave their country. Like, well, if they're educated, it sounds like their country needs them. Why don't they stay there then and help out their country? Because it's we're not hercules we're not gonna you know what i mean like like for me like I, i'm i'm a comedian like i would want to be a comedian like i can't go there and, and build up an entire you know warner brothers studios on my own like you know what i mean that's kind of like impossible for me to ask for you to be like stay there and fix it and also like let's be honest a lot of this stuff is happening because of american intervention like in dominican republic yep. they came in uh in the 60s and did a whole military coup without you know our permission and then set up their own puppet and then my country had to deal with that for a very long time and that's the regime that my dad lived under which is why he became a psycho dude i'm i'm reading a book right now that is about uh how pretty much the cia and an american economy school were single-handedly responsible for pinochet in chile 
and just killing so many fucking people to prove to prove their free market policies work like literally like just just imagine a, as a country's collapsing and they're the only government that's still there is like no we're gonna remove all the social net everything because moral economy shit shit that's been you know disproven the trickle down shit time and time again if government just gets out of the way and every single time it's fucking hyperinflation fucking bread for like you know 40 dollars a slice but this is still this kind of nonsense is still the shit the republicans are pushing for in their tax reform every single fucking time like well that money goes back out into the economy no it doesn't it goes to fucking luxury obscene luxury goods that like yeah. roman emperors would have thought was a bit much like fucking 150 foot fucking yachts i that's why i hope like this 1.9 trillion dollars that passed i hope that i don't know how it's gonna like affect people other than like the 1400 dollars, or maybe i have kids so i'm gonna get like a good amount of money every month now for my son mm. which is amazing like i'm gonna get 300 a month Hell for yeah. a kid um about time he starts pulling his weight yeah but i'm hoping that this actually makes people i heard somebody say i heard somebody go biden needs to pass this because people need to have faith in a government again they need to feel like holy mm -hmm. crap like like look look i'm at the point right now where i'm about to buy a home because one the government gave my job money to give me hazard pay which i got double the money i was getting just a year ago which is fucking un unbelievable a doubling uh you know freaking 50 percent raise that's crazy mm -hmm. uh 100 raise what i'm talking about that's 100 raise um and then on top of that like the stimulus checks i've been able to pay off my debt and then with the next stimulus check i'll be able to buy a home on top of that that he's giving frontline workers ten thousand dollars for their first home you understand i'm a beneficiary of these government policies that are helping me improve my life i.e. like white people did after World War II and their GI bills and shit like that. Which, by it, the way, which led to the best period of fucking stability that all these Republicans still jerk off to, the fucking 50s and the picket fence. They want they want that time so much, they just don't want any of the fucking policies that led to that prosperous. This, this country makes $21 trillion a year. A year. You give us two and you tell us we can eat, we can be fed. You raise 13 million people out of poverty with one9 don't fucking tell me there's not enough money out there for all of us. Don't tell yeah. me that if we don't all like do well for ourselves and have our home and stuff like that, our economy won't grow. It's just fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's where like, you know, all these, all these negative feedbacks that you get from people are either one, they're trying to uh, protect the culture that doesn't exist anymore. Or two, they're fucking losers who just need to feel better over something. Oh, yeah. And dude, again, the, the hypocrisy with a lot of this bullshit is that a lot of these people who are against the stimulus are also the same people who hate having to, I hate giving my money away to taxes. What the fuck do you think you're getting back? This is the money you've been putting in, okay? Yeah. This isn't a sweetheart deal. This is fucking relief. They're cutting you a deal. We're giving you a discount because times are hard. They're giving you back your own fucking money. Yeah, I earned this shit. Suck my dick. Even the most hard Trump supporters still, I hope they get this money and sort of ease up and be like, you know what? I'm doing okay. Like maybe I should be a little, little bit more thankful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Trump, I am going to share screen here. Let's do this. And uh, let's let's look at these these fucking funny folk. So I went to a website called 4chan.com. <laughs> I need to uh, look at this. This is the wrong one. 
I was gonna say, how many answers did you actually get to this? A lot, a lot, and then it just ran out on its own. Okay, okay. I think it's this one. Let me just make sure all the racial slurs have been edited. Okay, <laughs> so on 4chan, there is a uh, a particular board which is slash pol, which is politically incorrect. 4chan, again, a place devoted to gore and fucking furries and all sorts of shit was so toxic they needed to make their own separate board for the ultra toxic people <laughs> and that's poll so what i did i uh fucked with them a little bit i just started an anonymous thing on here the title being i am an american the picture says no human is illegal and i typed so <clears throat> so innocently ask an illegal immigrant anything I'm just trying to do the best for my family like anybody else, but I know many in this country hate me. Oh. And right away, <laughs> because, and hold on, if I can take a look at the, okay, this is seven minutes later. Uh, okay. Because you pay no taxes, you leech off of real taxpayers, you're a burden on the system of safety nets, a liability risk, and an invader. But because I have come to hate America, uh, and then he goes off to his own thing that ends with uh fuck off or die yeah so, yeah, yeah. so let, let, let's get some of that right there uh taxes they, they don't pay any taxes what the, what do you know about that because uh, i've heard i've heard the thing like well they do pay tax, and obviously like sales tax shit like that you can't get out of paying yeah of course uh from my rough estimates the last time i checked 65 to 75 percent of undocumented people uh pay taxes uh, we either have ITIN numbers, which just means we're business owners and we pay our taxes in that sense. Uh, a lot of us, uh, since we can't get traditional jobs, like my mother, she is actually a business owner. She hires five people, uh, some American, some undocumented. They all get paid. Mm -hmm. She pays their taxes. So she pays in that sense. And then for nearly maybe 10, no, I'm lying on that, maybe seven or eight years, I worked uh, paying my taxes without claiming any of them because I couldn't. So that happens a lot where um, mm. I actually said this to someone, I go, do you know that, uh, I don't know, I know 75% of us undocumented pay taxes. I don't know how many of us actually claim them. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that on average annually, there's almost like $10 billion of unclaimed money by uh, undocumented people. And that money goes to fund social security. The program would actually literally die without undocumented labor to pay for it because they yeah. don't claim it. Uh, and also on top of that money that undocumented people don't claim goes into the Federal Reserve, gains interest, allows mm -hmm. banks to loan more money. Mm -hmm. So we contribute to the economy tremendously in that sense. Not to mention uh, the fact that like we create jobs. We really do. We, we have no means traditionally. So we start up painting businesses. My, my, my stepdad has one, housekeeping, construction, these are all jobs in the economy that are like below the surface. You really wouldn't count them because they're tradition, but they are there. Mm -hmm. So yes, we do pay taxes. And yes, uh, and that's one more thing. Um, somebody uh, sent me this video. It was an economist in the early 2000s who put it like this. He was like, listen, how much do illegal immigrants undocumented people contribute to the economy versus how much do they take out it was something like they contribute like 
0.9% into the economy. Is it 1%? Maybe. Is it less than that? You know, is it 0.7? Maybe, but is it like two? No, no. And they're like, how much do undocumented people actually take out of these social programs? He goes, it's 0.1%. Is it, could it be 0.2? Sure. Could it be 0.00? Fine. Is it 10%? No. Is it? No. He goes, it's literally 0.1%. And they put more in than they take out. And I would also say that a lot of people are like, uh, I I would say my primary, um, interactions with undocumented people have be, have come from my time working in restaurants and those are pretty much forced into a business like i can't say anything because i wasn't fucking not nobody there's paying taxes i wasn't paying yeah, taxes yeah yeah but i mean they also have the purchase purchasing power you know and also mm-hmm. like like you know that's another thing too like my sister and her you know husband undocumented but they love taking their kids to amusement parks and they mm-hmm. love taking so these are ways hey, I, 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 I will say i will say that over the super wealthy like if you're fucking making money at that level you know where you're spending it you are spending it legitimately in your community like in your community huge mm. so yeah so we do pay taxes and we do uh, contribute a lot okay so we got a few more here um just an idiot for the no human is illegal i bet if she had the opportunity she would support illegalizing trump supporters again i don't think they should be fucking illegal i just think you're fucking (laughs) stupid it's not illegal it's not illegal to be a sucker yet um i will illegalize trump supporters after that (laughs) give me their status um if you're trying to do the best for you, again, the fucking cruelty. If you were trying to do the best for your family and the rest of the world, you would kill yourself. You are a parasite. Should be noted, this nobody on this site is doing well in their life. This is not how people Whoa. talk when they're doing good. But, but like, that's amazing. The fact that, like... You will never be part of the society. Like, again, this is probably a kid who does not leave his basement. You are absolutely it, it fit in in the society better than he does. No, nah, man. Like, you know, for me, after the insurrection, it just tells me, like, anything is possible. Like, I think if you had 4chan during the Civil War, there would have been plenty <laughs> of things. Like, man, we should be letting no niggers have any kind of freedom whatsoever, ever, ever. No niggers are human. Like, it's just like, and, and by the way, and it turned into a war and it turned into violence. This is the kind of thing where, like, I... I used to think the best of people. I used to think you can bring any human around to your side, but I realized like, I really need to watch out for this. I really, really genuinely need to be afraid because these comments could be easily dismissed. I was like, look at these kooks, but- You saw how it got whipped up. It got whipped up just out of, I'm here for my family and I'm working, ask me something. Mm -hmm. You vermin, you piece of shit, let's cut your arms and legs off and throw you into the river. Like, it's just like, uh, what? So because you keep bringing up the rally and the storming the Capitol, this is still, it, it sucks. It's obscure enough that most people don't have the same reaction I had. So I was fired up that fucking day. I was so mad. I remember I was walking around and typically I listen to podcasts. I needed to get some energy out. I was listening to music. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing really reminded me of, uh, there was this song I liked called Damien. That was all about the omen, the son of the devil. And there's a line in it that's supposed to be about the Antichrist that I felt described Donald Trump that day. It's a, from the eternal sea, he rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against his brother till man exists no more. And I was listening to that like, 
Yeah, man, that's fucking him. That's yeah. him. That piece of shit. Later that night, I find out that the guitarist and songwriter for that band, Iced Earth, had been in the Capitol riots and been arrested for breaking really? into the fucking Capitol. Yep. Irony. Oh, uh, my God. And let me tell you this, and, I, and I'll say this. Like, what makes me sad is that I actually, I have love for all these people. I don't read any of this and I go, I hope they die. Or I hope, I really hope that whatever they have inside of them, that they, they get rid of that, they, that they meet people and that they love and that like they, they get to meet me and then maybe see that some of the things that they're seeing is completely wrong. But like, I have no hatred for these people whatsoever. You know, even I'm more mad at, at like those people who stormed that Capitol who definitely like wanted to get their country back. But there's still a part of me that goes, God, I wish that they didn't have that hatred in their heart where they could be fooled like this. These are people who were who were powerless and they think this is them grabbing it back. I think it came out that like 60 to 70 percent of the people who'd been arrested in the Capitol thing had all had like severe financial hardships. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of psychological issues and stuff. He, he definitely yeah. pulled from from people's desperation. Yeah. Like if things are fine for you, you're not really obsessed with taking things away from other people, you know? Absolutely. So. We had a guy here who had a bit more of a better answer uh, who responded. So I wrote again, are you Native American? How did your people come to be here? Many current Americans are of European descent only 100 years ago. My children were born here. They're as much American as you are. And this guy uh, just went right on like, well, we fought. We fought the Native Americans. So that's that's different. We, we earned it. Uh, then he mentioned we immigrated before the Immigration Reform Act of 1964. And then I mentioned my children were born here and we get the whole, the, the fucking fact that people can hate children for birthright citizenship. Mm. Oh, Which, yes. And to, to quote Kurt Metzger, who comes up on this a lot, like if nothing else, it does seem a, li a little bit like the world's greatest game show. Like if you can get over this line and have a baby, we can't like, uh, well. <laughs> That's funny. If you get over his Sh Sh Shopping Mart Showdown, he, you got over. You got over the line. Red Rover, Red Rover. That hurts me too when people bring my kids into this. Like, oh, look at you having like an anchor baby or something. I'm just like, Ugh. okay, like, don't bring my kid into this. Jesus. Oh, yeah. These are people who have used to even said the word, yeah, well, your son would freak the fuck out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, your son. <laughs> That's very true. I just don't understand how people like anybody who looks like me is usually a dickhead. So I don't trust people who look like me. You know, it's funny. Whenever I tell people like you that I'm surprised that you're not like how you look, they always get offended. Like, well, you thought I was just going to be a Trump supporter because of how I look. I'm like, yeah, you, you're a type. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I have the decency to hate my background enough. <laughs> The, after meeting uh, mutual friend comedian Mike Fox, after me meeting him like four weeks in a row, he actually told me like, I thought you were going to be way dumber, that, but you're actually really smart. And I didn't, you know, unfortunately, I kind of hate my background before. Uh, not the not the white hate everybody, like, you know, white guilt everybody tries to get at, but it's like, nah, I was taught some dumb shit and I'm embarrassed that I believe dumb shit for a while, you know? There is also, and by the way, like I'm, when I, when I hear you talk, like I, I see a lot of parallels in myself, you know, sort of living, like I told you, like I lived in lifestyle of just lie, a pathological liar, you know, all these things. And then to come out of that slowly and 
start to see things in a different way. Like it, it not a lot of people were able to do that. And the mm-hmm. fact that you were so entrenched in the alt-right and we were able to pull yourself out of that, man, give yourself some credit because you have a sort of understanding of how people can be fooled. Oh yeah. I'm and very, I'm very, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to people yeah, in yeah. that regards. And keep that because, you know, I always, I always go by the term, am I not my brother's keeper? Mm. You know, I understand that there are stupid people out there and that will anger you, but as the, I hate to say the better, the more intellect, you shouldn't be angry at them, but you should look out for them and be like, you're not seeing it properly. And I need to look out for you, brother. I, I you know, so, so the fact that you bend on that rabbit hole and you were able to come out of it, you know, look out for your fellow brother. Right. But th- there's also another thing that's beautiful, by the way. I, I do believe, even though I am far from religious and I've, I've referred to myself as a begrudging atheist who, you know, would love something to be there. I just don't feel it. But I do genuinely think in like a uni- a universal truth is it is better for yourself and the world to treat people with kindness and hurting another human is hurting all humanity. So try not to do it if you can help it. But one of the factors in there, and I keep trying to make a joke out of this is like, anytime there's like a major school shooting or something, there's always the push. Like, you know, we need to uh, normalize mental health access in this country, which we do. We absolutely do in, in regards to like treatment and medication. However, at the same time, sociologically, there's a big fucking black hole in that statement, which is having a mental illness. Most, a lot of the times can make you be a fucking asshole. And that's just your personality. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. seen people, I've seen people in one breath, like we need to, we need to destigmatize mental illness and like, fuck you, you clearly autistic person who is having trouble communicating with the world and is lashing out in anger. I'm going to tell everyone to not talk to you. I understand the input, particularly in the comedy scene. We get all sorts of fucking weirdos that wander in that are clearly unstable mm-hmm. and, and people shit all over them as if they're clearly at some diminished capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to take a breath and, and realize not everybody has the same cognitive abilities as I am, you know, got to be aware of that too, man. There's so much stuff to be aware of all the time. And I'm actually like, I'm not the kind of person who's like overwhelmed by it. It's like, Oh my God, this cancer culture and these snowflakes. I'm more of like, we have lived too long under the, I guess, you know, the, the reality of the straight white man that we really need to start questioning what is what makes us all feel included right and there's no, and, i don't think there's anything wrong with that and and i don't push back to that you know why because yeah even though i am a straight white man and i'll even throw cis in there even though i have troubles with that term even though i am those things like none of those aspects are important parts of my personality yeah. at all like you're not coming at me i understand yeah white dudes as a whole you know not been great a lot yeah. of the time so yeah okay we can i, I want to wrap it up on uh one thing here cool. so there is a 2017 report by a right-wing think tank called fair the federation of american immigration reform i wanted to go through this report a little bit because it's still the numbers from this are still used in a lot of anti-immigrant shit done in this country and it's been thoroughly debunked so I'm going to put some of the shit out there. So you, the listener, if you ever hear somebody throwing these figures out, you can throw right back at them. 
So again, the Federation of American Immigration Reform. I bet there are a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> 2017 report. Illegal immigrants cost the U.S. $116 billion a year. They come to this total by deducting the amount of taxes paid by admitted, admitted illegals from the amount they claim the U.S. pays for them in like services, etc., uh, examples, they say $46 mil billion on public education, medical care, welfare. So debunking, for starters, they claimed and used the figures for 12.5 million illegal immigrants, which even the highest of figures from respective resources are 11 million. So still a lot, but if you're inflating your amounts by 10%, you're already high okay. using those numbers. Um Fair also counted government funds received by American-born children of illegal immigrants, who are, of course, American citizens. They also, therefore, are not counting the future taxes paid by these American citizens, which would justify that investment in the future. And the biggest bullshit one with fucking ICE, a lot of the money these people complain about, they cost our country so much, comes from an overpaid and overzealous immigration enforcement. I thought so. I was going to say how much of that money is enforcement because a lot of it is fucking self-inflicted wounds that you guys are doing. Yeah. And I, I hate how people do like, they act like fucking ice was one of the four chambers of the government set up by our God King, George Washington and Benjamin Franklin. This shit's been here. Not even 20 fucking years. Help me, help me, help me debate this. Cause a lot of people do that thing where it goes undocumented children go to school for free. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me out with this. If I'm not mistaken, schools are zoned, right? Mm. And schools are paid by property tax. Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. So when my can't, family can't get out of paying property tax. So when my family rented a house and we paid our landlord and then he's paid that property tax, doesn't that mean that we are paying for the school that I'm going to because my landlord doesn't live in that neighborhood. He lives in a rich white neighborhood. He just collected the money from that poor neighborhood, and then I went to that poor neighborhood school. So my parents paid for me to go to school mm -hmm. because the, the landlord had to pay his taxes. So don't fucking tell me that we go to school for free. We have to pay for the houses that we live in near the fucking school, dude. Mm -hmm. So that so I'm so I'm right on that one, right? That that's you're technically right, but I can't prove you're not just brown person sneaking around. <laughs> logic trick people think that it ends it starts and ends with taxes coming out of your paycheck it doesn't humans mm. exist on so many levels that we connect with each other like any human being working and paying like you know buying stuff or paying for their you know their housing is stimulating the economy right we're That's, doing it it's you know i i can't even say it's a right-wing thing because i i think it's a human psychological condition that everyone is aware of which is when times are a little hard or you have are having a hard time with something it's so easy to hide behind the psychological fucking security blanket of everybody's getting an easy pass but me but me i'm working my fingers to the bone and everybody else just comes and takes and takes and takes and then they ignore any other kind of you know assistance they get like well well i earn i earned my social security check i i earned it and 
So, okay, let me get it. Everybody's doing it the wrong way, except for you. You're just happened to be doing it fine. And you've done no research on this. This is the argument I, I did have with my dad, where it's like, because it, despite being racist, a black guy was his best man. It's like, oh, so they're all bad aside from the ones you got to know personally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're good people up close, yeah. but the rest of them, his cousin, who oh boy, stay away. Let me tell you. And I'm going to tell you this, and you know, hopefully we can, you know, just kind of um, wrap up soon. My thing is also like, with my current status, you know, I, I'm, here's how, how much, how little of an opportunity we're asking for with the amount of status that I have. I know that I have enough time right now to, cause it's my first time in college. Mm. So right now I'm getting my uh, associates in business and I'm going to go to my bachelor. I'm not taking any time off, no summers, no winter breaks. I'm going straight through. So hopefully by the time my status expires, I'll have my, uh, my bachelor's. And if I can go further, I want to go to Princeton to become an immigration lawyer, because my thing is, I don't want to rant and just tweet about it and talk about it. I want to be about it. I want to uh, open up my own immigration law firm and help out my peoples through this chaotic, chaotic system, because uh, I believe in this country and I believe in reform and I don't give a fuck about what somebody on 4chan is saying about me because I am doing my part to help out my people in my community. Fuck yeah. Che Guerrero, are you, are you your brother's keeper? Yes, you are. I am. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. I, I think this is great. I hope everything works out for you. Uh, good luck on that fucking house, man. I'm doing the house hunting thing now, and I, I know it's, it's something else. Good luck to you, man. And thank you for having me. This, this, was, uh, this was great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm going to end this like I end every episode. I'm going to stop recording, but you and I can talk for another minute.